Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda. I'm Linda Davis. Thank you for joining me today. A little bit about myself before we get started. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing both. So go grab your cup and let's talk. We are in a time of it being a necessity to really know the truth about what is going on around us, about what is going on in our personal lives, about what is going on in our corporate lives. Hearing the voice of God at an increased level, it's always been a priority to be able to hear God's direction in your life, hear God's direction in your prayers. But there's an increase of necessity, I guess is how I would put it or how I see it. So I wanted to talk to you about how we can really see and hear at an increased level. How do I hear the voice of the Lord as clearly as I hear the voice of my husband or my friends or my children? How do I know that I know that God has said? How do I come to that place? And I touched on it a little bit in my podcast of Set a Time. And you can go listen to that because this kind of is going to grow off of that. And in that, I talked about how it's important not to allow compromise in. It's important to not allow complacency in and to pursue intimacy with the Lord. And so to simplify that phrase, intimacy with the Lord... So it doesn't seem like an overwhelming thing. It doesn't seem like something too deep. Really, what that really just means is one-on-one time. That's an intimate situation. It's not, it doesn't have to have a sexual undertone to it when you talk about intimacy. We have intimate friendships It's one-on-one, it's trusting people, it's being transparent one-on-one, it's exposing hearts one-on-one, it's being vulnerable one-on-one. So when we say to pursue an intimate relationship with the Lord, what's being said is to be transparent one-on-one with the Lord. Like no distractions around you, not even worship music, not even that. And that I have found, I put a demand on myself recently to do that because I love worship music. I'm a worshiper. It's easy for me to enter into the presence of God with worship music and pray and contend with worship music in the background. You know, I do, I do believe it sets the atmosphere kind of, so to speak, But there's also a training and a discipline 
that comes with nothing else going on. No distractions, not even music, just quietness and you having communion and fellowship with the Lord. Just try it for 20 minutes a day. See it. See what it will do in you and for you. And even see how difficult it will be, say, those first five minutes. And you may say, oh, no, 20 minutes, that's nothing. I've been praying for years. No, with nothing else going on. Recently, I was at a meeting somebody was speaking at, and they put that challenge out there, 20 minutes for 20 days. And I thought, I'm just going to do that. I mean, I pray every day anyway. But just for me, I made it a time of no worship music, no distractions whatsoever, just me and the Lord for 20 minutes. Now, the first few minutes are difficult, and you really have to be self-controlled in your mind. But once that gets going, the, the minutes fly by. But we have to set aside a time. You know, when I talked in that Set a Time podcast, I talked about how it says in Isaiah 55, uh, how, how it, he talks about call out to the Lord while he is still near. And so we need to do that. And we need to hunger for him. We need to thirst for him. You know, if somebody's not hungry, they're not going to get up and eat, right? When you're hungry, you'll do almost anything for food. When you're truly hungry, I'm not talking about your stomach growling just a little bit. I'm talking about truly hungry. You're going to do whatever you got to do to get food. So when we think about that in the capacity of hungering for the Lord, will we do whatever we've got to do to be fed from the Lord? Will we do that? Do we have that filling? And, and actually, this is kind of interesting because there's that scripture. So let's go back to Isaiah 55. And the reason I say back is because I was referring to that podcast of Set a Time, and I just said how in Isaiah 55, he talks about call out to the Lord while he is near. And that's verses six and seven. So back in Isaiah 55, let me just turn in my Bible there, starting at verse one. This is, I, I love, I love when the Lord just leads you down a path and brings things together. And so, <clears throat> talking about this hunger in Isaiah 55, starting right at verse one. You know, it's the one that says, <clears throat> ho, ho, everyone who thirsts comes to come to the waters. That ho translates out to pay attention, hunger, Listen with an intensity, if that makes sense. I'm not quite sure what word I want to wrap around that. But he's saying you don't have to have anything. You just have to come with a hunger. You just have to come with a thirst. Because he continues to say in that verse, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. The only thing that you need to receive this stuff is the hunger and the thirst for it. It's the difference between somebody that makes it and somebody that doesn't. Both want to make it. Let, let's, let's say in the music industry, you know, somebody uh, wants to uh, produce a record. 
a successful record that, that reaches people even for the Lord. Or people want to produce successful podcasts that reach people for the Lord. Well, there are those that want to do it and wish about it. And there are those that want to do it and pursue it. Pursue it at a cost. Not a financial cost. Not, have, not having to, I'm not talking about somebody that can buy their way somewhere. Not that. Because he clearly says in this scripture, you who have no money. So in the Amplified, this says, wait and listen. Everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. It just seems like such a contradiction, doesn't it? But it says, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy. Priceless spiritual wine and milk without money and without price. Simply for the self-surrender that accepts the blessing. That's what it costs us. The self-surrender. The all. Surrendering of all. That's what we have to do. That's a place of being hungry to be fed by the Lord. What are we hungry for? That's what we're going to pursue. That's what we're going to have feed us. That's what we're going to pour into ourselves. Why would we spend our money on other things? Things can't, Money can buy things, but it can't buy this. And this is the only thing that fills the true hunger down in us. The true um, thirsting, that longing inside us that nothing else we do can satisfy. That's what this Isaiah 55 1 is talking about. It's an invitation, really, truthfully, it's an invitation from the Lord to receive his glory, to receive his presence. And it comes from thirsting and hungering for him. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. That, that hoe is a wait, a listen, a pay attention. It's an urging. It's an appealing it's not begging, but it's, a, I wish you would, if that makes sense. And, you know, when you get to have adult kids, you kind of get to that place. You can't, you can't tell them to do something and they do it. Now, you can suggest it. You can recommend it. You could wish they would because you know it's the best thing for them. Most times, as a parent, when we're talking to our adult children, it's because, and we're giving them counsel. It's because we've already truthfully been there, done that, experienced things in life enough to know, I wish you would handle it this way because it's an advantage to you to do that. That's what he's saying here. I wish you would come. I wish you would thirst. I wish you would have a hunger. This is an open invitation to everyone that has a thirst. Because only those that are thirsty are going to pursue a drink. 
You know, have you ever had the situation where you're supposed to drink so much water in a day, but you're just not thirsty? You just don't care for water. You know, I I drink a lot of water in a day. But I've heard some people say, you know, they can't even. It's hard for them to get a couple of glasses of water down because they just don't have a thirst for it. But if you're thirsty, you're chugging that water down. So think about that in the spiritual. That's what I'm talking about here. When we're thirsty, we will drink. And so this is an open invitation in Isaiah 55.1 for everyone, but the only ones that are going to respond are the ones that are thirsty. It's for all, but not all are thirsty. If we're not thirsty, hungry for intimacy with the Lord, one-on-one time with him, we're not going to pursue it. No money, but come by and eat. No money, but come by and eat. You know, money doesn't matter. Money's not going to do any good to get to a deeper knowledge, deeper knowing of the Lord. It's not money that gives that to you. Nobody has an advantage over the other person. It doesn't do any good. We bring our hunger. We bring our thirst. We bring our trust. We bring our faith. We, br- we bring our belief. We bring our hope. We bring our confidence. That's, that's the things that are going to do us good in the long run. And he mentions three things in here. He mentions water, wine, and milk. Come to the waters. Yes, come and buy wine and milk. It's all free. But there's a caveat, and I say this all the time. Just had a Bible study the other night, Java and Jesus. And I I said that as a woman, I said that to the women. There's so many promises, but you find me one promise in the Bible that we don't have our portion, even salvation. Even salvation, we have to accept it. We have to receive it. We have to, right, we're invited in in salvation, it's a gift of grace, it's free, but we have to advance in the things of the Lord, I guess, to receive it. Advance in the openness of our heart to receive the salvation. There's a doing on our part. There's a, there's a, a doing on our part in all things of the Lord for the fulfillment of promises. A lot of times we're just sitting back waiting for God to move and he's waiting for us to do. And the moment we do, he's right there doing every his portion of it, every portion of it that he promised he's going to fulfill. All that is good <laughs> is offered up to us. It's kind of like a buffet table at a restaurant. You step in, right? You pay the one price. You can look at that as the salvation. But then everything on the buffet table is yours. And as hungry as you are, is how much you can eat. That's actually a really good analogy. And that's how it is spiritually with the things of the Lord. The only price we're paying is receiving salvation, believing that Jesus Christ truly was the son of God, born of a virgin here on earth, that he was crucified, that he died, that he rose, and that he ascended to heaven, and that he sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding on my behalf, on your behalf, daily. 
We have to believe and receive that and repent of our sins. That's the price we pay at the cash register. And then we're brought into the whole buffet table and whatever we want and however much of it we want is ours. Like, I don't want to go to a buffet situation if I'm not really hungry because it's kind of a waste of my money. You know, recently uh, a new restaurant opened up in our area and we went to it not realizing it was actually a buffet type thing and it was kind of expensive. And for me, when we left, I said, that wasn't worth it. I didn't, I didn't eat the amount of what I paid for. And then I made the comment now to, to, to bring my sons there would be well worth it because they're going to eat enough. So hopefully that kind of, you know, that's a, a simple parable, I guess, of what I'm talking about. If we come to the buffet table hungry, all of it is ours, right? So why do you spend money on what you're not even going to consume? You don't. So all these things, you know, the water's first, then the wine, and then the milk. More substance and more substance. The substance is increasing there. First come to the waters, then receive the wine, then receive the milk. And actually, there's another scripture um, about milk, receiving milk from the Lord. There's probably quite a few, actually, if I Googled it out. But uh, in 1 Peter chapter 2, we're told to long for the things of the Lord, long for the pure milk of the word like newborn babies. That's pretty powerful right there because a newborn, I mean, have you, ever seen, you know, have you ever seen a newborn when they're hungry and they've been waiting for that bottle or waiting for that breast? They're like, you know, they're almost over and over <clears throat> um, anxious. And, you know, they start wiggling their head around on that nipple and it's just, they're almost overexcited, I guess. And they need to settle down so they can actually consume the milk like that. So turn there for a minute. In, in, it's in First Peter chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, turn there with me. We'll just start at verse 1. So be done with every trace of wickedness and all deceit and insincerity and grudges and slander and evil speaking of every kind. Be done with all that. Stop all that. You know, and that's, we don't have to get our little comments in. We don't have to be right. We don't have to make our point. We don't have to judge other people. We don't have to be condemning and critical. We don't have to get rid of all that. Every trace of wickedness. This is another thing we actually discussed Tuesday night at Java and Jesus. Wickedness is anything that is not of God. It's not what we as humans picture in our mind. Wickedness is anything that's not of God. No gray area, all deceit, any insincerity. Do we mean what we say? Any pretense, hypocrisy, get rid of it. Jealousy, get rid of it. Grudges, get rid of them. Envy, jealousy, all that, it's gotta go. Get rid of the excuse. We can be rid of this stuff or the Lord wouldn't ask us to be rid of this stuff. 
And so in place of this stuff, as we get rid of this stuff, what is what does he tell? Like newborn babies, you should crave, I'm reading from the Amplify, you should crave, thirst for, and earnestly desire the pure, unadulterated spiritual milk, that by it you may be nurtured and grow onto complete salvation. It's your protection as we hunger and thirst for him. If we hunger and thirst for the Lord and intimacy with the Lord, we're going to pursue that. And as we pursue that, that's our protection in life. Pursuit is protection. We're looking for the Lord to fight for us, to protect us, to clear a path while we're sitting on the couch. And he's saying, your pursuit of me is what causes all of that to fall into place. The purity of your heart is what causes all of that to fall into place. I'll give you all you want, right? Back to Matthew 6, If and when you are seeking me and my righteousness, which means no wickedness, right? Which lines up with 1 Peter chapter 2, then all these things will be added to you. And if you want to know what the, all these things, I just read up a little bit earlier in Matthew 6. So like newborn babies, crave the milk, hunger and thirst for him. I'm going, I'm going back to uh, the Isaiah 55 for a minute. Goes on to say in verse two, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your earnings for what does not satisfy? Like I said, you know, I said this earlier, it's no matter what, there's always gonna be a place in our heart, no matter how much we eat, no matter how much we buy, right? There's no matter how much we drink, there's always gonna be this unfulfilled place because the only thing that can fulfill it is an intimate relationship with the Lord. So why are you wasting your money on that is basically what he's saying here. So give some instruction down in verse three, actually some even in verse two, hearken diligently to me and eat what is good. Let your soul delight itself in fatness, the profuseness of spiritual joy. Incline your ear, submit and consent to the divine will and come to me here and your soul will revive and I will make an everlasting covenant or league with you. Even the sure mercy promised to David. Listen to me diligently, right? Eat what is good. This is all our portion. See, he's all, he was the initiator. He paid the price by yielding his physical body and his personal desires, Jesus, to the will of the Father by saying the nevertheless and by allowing himself to be crucified on the, on the cross. So he did his part. He restored that fellowship that is possible for us to now have the access to the throne. Now we receive his salvation. We get entrance to the buffet table. And this is at the buffet table, listening diligently. If we don't listen to what the Lord has to say and how he's saying it, I don't care what five other people are saying. What is God saying? What has God promised you? What has God told you to do to receive the promise? 
Maybe he didn't quite say it that way, but you have some promises unfulfilled, but there's also things in your life you have not acted on that you know the Lord has spoken to you. Well, the promises cannot be fulfilled until you act on what he has spoken to you to do. So we have to take the time. We have to listen to what he's telling us to do and do it. The second thing that it said in Isaiah 55 was, was to eat what is good. Eat what is good. We got to know what is good. How do we know what is good? How do we know that we're eating the right stuff? We're directed by the Holy Spirit. We step in obedience as we listen diligently. See, they, they build on one another. We're not eating what is good before we're listening diligently. He said to listen first. Then he said to eat. So we know his voice. Then we eat. It's like us going on Yelp or Google review to find out what restaurant in the area is good, right? We pursue the reviews before we actually go and eat what is good. Nobody likes to go to a bad restaurant. So it's the same in the spiritual realm. Listen diligently, take time, make an effort to know and hear the voice of God. Then you have that discernment in you through the voice of the Lord, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, to be able to know what is good. Now, you might not, you might show up somewhere that it's not good and a red flag's gonna go off inside. You might read a book. Looks good, the cover's good. Then you open it up and start reading and you're like, oh, something's not right here. That's the discernment of the Holy Spirit directing your steps. So we eat what is good. Then... We let ourselves delight in the abundance of it. In other words, what does that mean? We give permission. We give permission to ourselves to sit down or actually, how about this more so? Because we remember I talked about the restaurant and the buffet table. We give ourselves permission to go up for the dessert. We give ourselves permission to go up for another plate. We delight ourselves in abundance. We have our hearts prepared as we sit down to fellowship and commune with the Lord. We have our hearts prepared as we go into corporate worship with the Lord. We've inclined our ear. We hear. It's an invitation for all, but only those who hunger and thirst will be filled in it. And I'm gonna close out with this scripture of Matthew 5, 6. Go read it, study on it. Blessed, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Again, a promise from the Lord that puts a demand on us also. If we hunger and thirst Do you hunger? Do you thirst for righteousness? If you do, you will be satisfied in your inner being. 